And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 6. And uh, just want to read a couple verses here, and then we're going to dive right into this. Um, go back up to uh, verse 35, and uh, Luke chapter, I have verse 38 in your outline, but let's just begin at verse 35. But love your enemies. How many know that's fun right there? Glory to God. To get up to that, I'm going to love my enemies. Praise the Lord. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. How many know that? That's just take something help to do that. Hey, man, how many have had somebody give you, well, I did a favor for you. Now you need to reciprocate back to me. No, that isn't what Jesus is talking about. He says, but give and lend and love and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the highest for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Wow. Look at verse 36. Therefore, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, many times we use that in the offering, and it's true. That applies to our finances. But how many know so far Jesus hasn't said anything about finances? He's talking about how we give out from ourselves and what flows out of us in relationship with those around us and with people. Amen? And good measure, and it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your business. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I would like to get a good measure of forgiveness flowing back into your life. I don't know about you, I, I get in trouble on a regular basis. like I was born, you know, with just that anointing to be in trouble. And uh, to do stuff. And so I, I want to be forgiving because I tend to need a lot of it myself. Praise the Lord. Maybe you're not there, but that's kind of where I live. Welcome to my world. Praise the Lord. Father, today we thank you for your love and for your grace. We thank you for this opportunity to come together, to be formed together and fit together as your body in the earth. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be present here this morning as our teacher that you would cause us to hear what you have to speak into our life. That each and every one of us would hear specifically what you desire to say, from us, say to us from the word this morning. Cause our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at the cover of your outline. So as we continue our series here on the gifts and ministry of the Holy Spirit, our goal is learning how to live by His truth. How do we live by His truth? By being strengthened and equipped by His power and being enabled through His gifts to minister the word of life to those we meet. God's will for our life is that we would be a channel that ministry and life would flow through us to those we come in contact with. See, if you read history, you'll find that it reveals to us that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit has shown up throughout history to prove one thing, that God does not have holy places. Aren't you glad that God could show up in an old industrial warehouse like we meet in? Come on. I mean, no, I'm, I'm glad we didn't have to build a glass cathedral or, or, or a big thing or do whatever. I mean, God will show up in any building that you gather in. But thank God he doesn't have holy places. He has holy people. Amen. Amen. And that's you because he has chosen to make you his dwelling place. Think about it. When God's people become hungry and desire to live the life, to live life by the Spirit, they will find that He 
He is always ready and willing to accommodate their hunger and desire by releasing the flow of His life through their life. Or God is ready to release the flow of His life through your life when we just hunger after it. Amen? He is so willing. I love this. And and you missed out on this because you didn't get any of the message last week. So you get a little bit of it this week. Praise the Lord. But at first service, we shared that the Holy Spirit shows up on the streets. He shows up on our jobs. He'll show up in the store. He shows up in high society and he shows up in no society. Amen. He cannot be restrained by money and he cannot be bought with money. How many know uh, that, that Simon the Sword said, give me this. I'll give you money to have this gift. Said, no, you can't buy the Holy Ghost with money. You can't lock him up with it. And you can't buy him with it. Come on. Religion can't explain him away or contain him forever through their unbelief. The Holy Spirit refuses to be confined to the limitations of our doubt. He always breaks free and releases faith in our hearts towards God. Hear me. This morning, the greatest minds cannot explain him, but the simplest faith can receive him. Amen. Amen. Everybody trying to explain. We're not called to explain him. We're called to receive him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Think about it. He's willing and able to do anything today that he has ever done before. We are not eating the mere leftovers of days gone by. I'm glad we're not reading history and saying, I wish we had some of that. Come on, we're living in the fullness of it right now. Amen? Hallelujah. We are taking in the whole of all that God has prepared for those who love him. We are getting in on the biggest and the best the world has ever known. I want you to hear me this morning. He has been given to be given away. The Holy Spirit has been given. And we read it uh, just a couple weeks ago. Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said, it is expedient for you. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go, he will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. The Father will send the promise to you. It is to your advantage. So he has come and he has been given to bring that increase and that advantage and that help into our life. So it's so important for us to understand that. First Peter and verse 10, it's there in your outline, the reference to it. Verses 10 to 11 says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same to one another. So God graces us with gift and talents and ability. As the word of the Lord said this morning, we're the body of Christ and many members. And he sets us in the body with a functioning purpose and a place where we fit and we flourish there. It's not a competition. We're not here competing with one another. But we have this great place where every one of us fit and bring increase to the body as a whole. And so Peter says we've received this gift. Now minister it to one another or serve it. The word minister there means to serve. So God gives you this gift that you can serve it and give it away to others. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7 says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And the word manifestation, I love the definition when you break it down. It means expression by extension. Or God has chosen to express himself in the earth by extending himself into your life. He extends himself. The Holy Spirit is the extension of God into our life. And then he expresses himself through it in words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning the spirit, miracles, faith and healing and tongues and interpretation, tongues and prophecy. These nine expressions of the Holy Spirit. God chooses to be make himself able to be seen. How many glad we don't serve a God you can't see? 
He shows up. He manifests himself, makes himself seen. We had that last week in the whole service with just a manifestation. How many know that was awesome? How does God do that every week? Glory to God. That'd be fun. Hallelujah. Watch it. And then Ephesians 4 and verse 16 says this. I put these references and you can read it later. But it says the body edifies and it builds itself up in love by what every joint supplies. Meaning every person has something that supplies to the whole building up of the body, to the edifying of itself in love. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says, how is it when you come together, every one of you essentially has something to give. Whether it is a song, whether it's a tongue, whether it's interpretation or prophecy, everybody Bring something to the table. Have something to give. Go with me to Romans chapter 12, if you would, and watch this and think about it. But think about it in the, in, in the context of everything we've received is there for us to give away. He has been given to be given away. Hallelujah. Now watch it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 says, and there, uh, I went to 1 Corinthians, excuse me. Too many blue tabs where I want to go. Hallelujah. Look at verse 6, Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Having gifts differing according to the grace that has been given to us, let us use them. God graces each and every one that comes in, gives us the measure of faith, verse 3 says, to, to walk in operation with God, in life with God, but then he graces us with the gift of functionality in the body of Christ. So having then gifts, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to you, let us use them. Everybody say use them. So look at if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Now, to have a prophetic word, to bring exhortation and encouragement, and to bring a, a, a clear, uh, concise, and, and today relevant word of God is, is prophetic and declare and to speak prophetically. But that's not so you can just look in the mirror and prophesy to yourself. <laughs> Got up this morning, shaved, and gave myself a word. Hallelujah. So it's not for that. It's so you can, you, you, God can use you and send you to the body. Amen. Look at, so prophet, and then ministry or serving, let us use it in our serving. Who are we going to serve? In teaching, in teaching others, in exhorting, exhorting others, in exhortation. He who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness and all of that is in our lives is given by the grace of God to be a flow through our lives it equips us to have something to give amen every person is positioned for life in the spirit to be living a life that gives God provides you with what you need see I believe anything that has been given to us was given to us from God to share because God does not dig holes and bury things God is the revealer the great message of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is something that should be shared. So I encourage you, become a sharer and to share everything you receive. But that means that we have to see every increase from God into our lives is forgiving. Anytime God brings an increase into your life, it's for the purpose of being given away. 
to enable you to live to give out a greater measure than ever before. It is for sharing. It is to flow in the fullness of what God has for our lives. We must become great givers. If I want to live to the fullness of all that God has for my life, if you desire that for your life, then you're going to have to become a great giver. And we're not just talking about resources. We read where Jesus said everything he talked about giving meant how you walk in relationship with somebody else. To walk in love and to show kindness to people when they're just being rude and, 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 and unacceptable. How many know that takes great giving? You have to be infused with an anointing to do that. And God does that in our lives. He anoints us by the Holy Spirit to be givers in every capacity. But I have to choose to become a great giver. The Holy Spirit is cut off by consumers. When we become consumers and not givers, we choke Him down. But He is released by givers. How many want to see a greater flow of the Holy Spirit in your life and in the churches? Amen. Then we, we all have to become greater givers. We have to look for the avenue. God, where am I supposed to be giving? Where is this release and this flow of the life you've given me? Where is it supposed to be flowing out to? Who is my giving to be directed to? And I will just declare to you that every day you will have the opportunity to give in some measure if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Amen? Now think about it. Our nation has been taken under siege by takers. We've been under siege by takers and became evident in, in, in this last election. We elected the president. People just rose up and said, hey, we are tired of being taken advantage of. And that's really the declaration that was made. We're tired of being taken advantage of because our nation wasn't built by takers. Our nation was built by givers. And when you come to America, you are given the opportunity to do something and make something out of your life. And if you receive the opportunity that you're given when you come to America, then out of that, you are able to become a producer. And as you produce, that flow of giving flows from you. The increase that comes into your life flows out into the economy and it flows towards other. You're given the opportunity to have business, to hire employees, to spend your money, to bring increase. It's creates a flow that comes from giving, not from taking. Amen. The spirit that is in the world is fighting for control in the church. The spirit of taking is fighting for control in the church. We will only see revival in our land and in the church when we return to being givers and not takers and consumers. That means the body of Christ. Each of us has to rise up. Just as the Spirit of God said this morning, we have a place, but my place in the body of Christ is to work for the benefit of the whole. Every member of your body, every part, every organ of your body is working for the betterment and the health and the life of the whole. No member in your body just exists for itself. I'm a thumbnail, and that's all I'm ever going to do. I just care about the nail. <laughs> Amen. But you hit your thumbnail with a hammer, and the rest of your body becomes concerned. <laughs> just saying. So you might think you're all alone, but we feel your pain right now, buddy. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So... Hear me this morning. Life changes for any person who awakens to this truth and lives by the principle of giving. 
Life will change. I'm praying that this will be deposited in your heart and in your spirit this morning. The Holy Spirit will do something dynamic for you today and deposit this truth. Your life will change when you choose to live at this level of giving on every area. Why? Because when we live by this principle, we are now content. Contentment comes. See, Paul says, and Paul says, I've learned whatever state I'm in to be content. And did that by living and giving this life away. It doesn't matter whether I have or I don't have, whether I'm abased or whether I'm bad, whether I'm free or whether I'm in prison. I've just learned to be content. And then through that, he was always giving. Amen. While Paul, Paul wrote some of his best, some of the greatest truth that's been given to you was written by a man in prison. Not whining because nobody was visiting him. Not caught up in his affliction, but still giving out of himself. He penned some of the greatest revelations that have set multitudes and billions of believers free down through the course of history since he wrote those letters were given from a prison cell. So he says, I've learned to be. I'm telling you, it is a liberating truth. When you understand the Holy Spirit, he is given to us. And when we allow his life to flow through us, we become amazing givers. On every level of life. Think about it. Uh, Jesus, we read it. Jesus says that we give forgiveness. But if you're going to be offended, you've, you've probably had somebody say, hey, I take an offense at that. To be offended, you have to take offense. You have to choose to take it. I take that. And then when you take it, you put it on with the coat. And then once you put it on with the coat, it covers your life. That offense now covers your life. And now everything that comes against you, you interpret through the coat of offense that you have on. Are we doing all right? Okay. But if you take it off, then you have freedom. Say, I, I choose. I, I'm, I'm not going to put on the coat of offense. I'm not going to take it and put it on. Instead, I'm going to operate in forgiveness. No, thank you. You can keep that. Wore it one time, it didn't work. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, think about it. Give. Give it away. Give it away. Everything in the Christian life is an outward flow from what we receive from God. So learn to live in the flow. You've been given forgiveness. Jesus said, come on, and if I give it, I'm going to need it because there is going to be time when I am going to make a mistake. I've told people for years, if you stay here long enough, I'll say something, do something that upsets you. I said it Tuesday night, I teach on this. I, we're teaching on Romans 12. I was saying, hey, you go through this. I, if I take the gift question in Romans 12, I come out as a prophet teacher. Amen. So I'm just going to come as a prophet and point out what's wrong with you, and then I'm going to teach you why. <laughs> and so I'm just gonna, I can't help it, God. That's my gift. And so we need that. But then, but then people, well, you need to be more exhorting. No, I need an exhorter to follow me. <laughs> I need people operating in their guy. I'll flow in mine, but I need somebody else to come behind me and mine. And, and then at church, you come in here, man, church, I'm doing church. And so I have to stop and think about, I need to be nice. I need to be, because I'm like on my job. So I'm doing this. I'm walking through. How are you doing? I got to stop and say, remember, be nice. You're, you're here. You just stop talking. How are you? God bless you. <laughs> But see, I, I have to make myself. That's not my natural flow. I'm like, man, we need kids to get in there, do something, man. I'm going to get you anyway. 
and then I need an exhorter to come in. Oh, that's pastor. He loves you. <laughs> Amen? So, but see what we do, because we don't understand giftings, we want to shape people's gifting to fit our want and our desire. Don't be what you were gifted to be. Be what I want you to be so I feel good about myself. That now made you a taker, not a giver. We're doing all right? Amen. And I'll keep working on my exhortation, praise the Lord. So watch it. See, the love of God and the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit can only be expressed through giving. Everything you've received from God can only be expressed through giving. Love can only be expressed through giving. For you to tell somebody, I love you, and not sow of yourself into them is not love. Love has to be, to be love, it must be expressed through giving. Jesus said, I mean, Paul wrote, and he said, uh, to the church at Ephesus, and he said, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and... And what? What? Gave what? So Christ loved the church and gave him for her, the church, And he says, husbands, love your wives and give yourself for her. Because we missed the principle and because the world has twisted everything about God's original intended plan, we don't understand that the woman was created to receive and the man was created to sow. The woman is the ground of receiving, and the man is the, is the seed of sowing. That's why the woman has a womb that receives seed and produces life on the natural side. But in your marriage and in your relationship, if a husband will learn to sow into his wife because she is the ground of sowing, and the ground of sowing was created to receive and to produce a harvest, Now, if the ground gets stingy, if the ground acts spoiled, I want, I need, you need me, okay, now we're just spoiled and need to grow up. (laughs) Amen? But if you understand the principle that the woman was created to receive, and then when that seed is received, it produces a harvest, and the harvest comes back to the one who sowed. Amen? The sower receives the harvest. So husband, sow into your wife. Find those things. Listen and find those areas to sow. And as you're sowing, you're guaranteed that if you sow, you will reap the harvest. The woman was created to receive and to respond. That's why when you buy flowers, they go, Oh, oh, for me? Oh, And guys are, guys are going, it's a flower. <laughs> and they're going, for me? Because they're created to receive and to respond. 
Doing all right? Everything around you, you live in a world. And so when we take that, in that relationship, but you take that, we live by the time of seed, time, and harvest. And so God comes into our life, and everything he puts into it is for the purpose of sowing into the ground that was created to receive it. And when you live a life by giving and a life by sowing, you're always receiving the corresponding harvest. And you don't have to be frustrated by being a taker and a consumer because you've learned that, my God... uh, already my sufficiency we just sang it you're all I need all I need is you I have everything I need in him and then he has supplied me to be this amazing sower and as I sow I live in this amazing place of contentment glory to God all right that was worth the price of admission right there (laughs) amen even the Holy Spirit John 16 Jesus said the Holy Spirit When he comes, he will not speak his own words. He will only speak what he hears. And he will take what is mine and give it to you. The Holy Spirit is the great giver. He is here in your life to reveal and to give truth to you and to show you the things that are yours in Christ. He is here as a giver. And so if I am receiving him, then that flow is coming through my life. Amen? Look at your outline here. I put it in there, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13 through 15. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. Amen. Do not do that. Amen. And when I do that, usually we take that and we say, oh, there's a scripture there. Now, I can take that for my own benefit. No, it's not to be taken, it's to be given. Every truth comes to your life to empower you to give. We, we live going back to the area of takers today. It, it's either, I shared it in first service. It's kind of a gross illustration, but it just kind of came up. And that don't live to be a spiritual tick. That's where you just latch on the body of Christ and suck everything you can out of it till you swell up so big you just kind of fall off. Yeah. Because there's no giving there. That's just all taking. And so we hear it. What I said about that. We hear it in our culture. You have to live counter to the culture. Amen. The, 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 the breakdown that we just saw after the election in our society is all these people who were sucked on to the social systems of our government like a giant tick. Are now afraid their bloodstream is going to be cut off. And where they're going to, because they're not producing anything back. They're just sucking the life out of our nation. And people come and they suck the life out of the church. And then when you get so full, you just go, well, I'm not being fed no more. <laughs> like if we put more in there, where would it go? <laughs> Amen. But let me tell you, if you can learn to give, when you learn to give, people say, man, I, I just, the, the word of God isn't a lie. That's because you're reading to take and receive, not to give. Amen. You want to make the word of God come alive? Come on. Every time, every service today, if God shares something, go out and share the tick illustration. Who knows what God will use? 
But, but if God speaks into your life, then say, Holy Spirit, lead me to somebody. Who can I share that with? There's a truth. Who, who could I share that with? Who, who, who could I, could, could I text a friend? I know somebody going through, I heard something. Man, let me tell you what I heard today. If you will share it, you will sow it and it will grow. And once you begin sowing what you receive, once you become that channel where God can give through your life, it is amazing. If you read your Bible, do your devotions. Yeah, read that, that the little word for today we give out, but don't just read it for yourself. Read it to be a giver. Say, Holy Spirit, show me something today. So when I come across somebody, you prepared me to have something to give to them. And when you live to give, it transforms your life. It'll change your life. Galatians chapter 5 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Think about that. Look what he said. He said, hey, we have this liberty, but I'm not doing just to this. Or I get to, it's not just all about me and my desire, but I want to serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. You shall love your neighbor as yourselves. Amen. And that's literally what we said about husbands love your wife. But Paul said, nobody has yet hated his own flesh. Amen. Love as you love yourself and sow the way you would sow to yourself and respond to yourself. Amen. I love what I heard Ed Cole say years ago. He says, you know, we judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. How many understand that right there? I can't believe they acted that way. Well, I would have. We judge ourselves by our intentions, but then by their actions don't judge love. Amen. But if you bite and devour on one another, beware lest you become consumed by one another. So Paul's saying, hey, if you don't live by giving, pretty soon you will turn upon each other. And you'll begin taking, you'll begin devouring, you'll be consuming. You'll turn into consumers of one another. So you have to live to give to avoid that. Are you with me? Look at John chapter 7 that's in the top of your page, your outline there. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow. Everybody say flow. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And see, where there is no flow of water, There's dryness and barrenness. There's no life. But out of you is to be a flow of living water that refreshes, that nourishes, that causes life to flourish. But it flows out of you. And I have to choose. God, I I want to release your flow through my life. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit who those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he was given to be a flow through our life. But if we live with the mentality of the world as takers, then we just want God to pour more in. Oh, pour it in, pour it in, pour it in, pour it in. God said, could you release some out? Just find a way to, the the greatest way to be filled is to try to live to be empty. 
Do you understand what I just said? If you'll try to live to be, God, how could I give this out? How could I serve? How could I do that? And, and, and just have a yes to God. There's an opportunity to serve. Say yes. And through giving, you'll find out when you give, it's given back unto you. God will continue to bring help and bring assistance. The reason we don't give and the reason we don't serve, we don't minister, because we don't think we have enough time. The only way to get an increase of time is to sow some. And you'll find that God will take that time and he'll anoint that time and he'll free up time from something else or he'll send you help from someplace else. God will do amazing things when you live this marvelous life of the Spirit and the flow of living water giving and flowing from your life. Amen? So how does it all begin? What began in Acts chapter 2 has never ceased. There is a continual outpouring from heaven of the promise of the Father to every generation and to whosoever wills to receive it and walk in it. What God began to do on that day, he will never cease to do until the end of the age. What does that mean? I put it there in your outline. Acts 2 verse 36 through 39. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and cry. Now when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall I do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are as far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. How many of you know that you've been called by God? Amen. Amen. Saved, called out of darkness, into life, into relationship with Him. Then the promise is to us, this flow and the promise of this life-giving flow is to us. So Peter gives us three keys of instructions for everyone to follow. And it is never and never never has and never will change. First, we all need to repent. Yes. Amen. And repentance, we acknowledge the blood and the atonement for our sin. Then we need to be baptized. We need to go through water baptism as a sign of cleansing from sin and being raised in newness of life. If you've never been water baptized, let us know. We do baptismal service. We'd love to get you water baptized. You need to be baptized. It's an ordinance of the church. It's believing. It's confession. Amen? And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit or the evidence of the life of the Spirit. So worship team comes back. So let me ask you this. What is the fruit or benefits of this mighty outpouring into the lives of those who receive it? I believe it's this. It's the will of God that every one of us be able to live face to face with God. What does that mean? That means no more excuses are trying to hide. No more excuses are trying to hide. No more fig leaves of religion. Amen. Because many of us, we get pricked in our conscience and then we have an excuse and we try to justify liberty and all that stuff, as Paul said, as a license for whatever. But we know we're just under conviction and we just need to live right before God. God wants us to be able to be face to face with Him in purity and honesty. Amen. And when we come face to face with Him, that we can be healed, renewed, restored, revived, and filled with His life now flowing through us in love towards others. Come on, it's pretty hard to love other people when I'm hiding from God. When I can't be face to face with Him. See, the Holy Spirit comes to free us from the past with its bondages and pain. To help us in the present with this current, with current life issues. And to reveal the future, God's plan and purpose for our life. I don't know about you, I'm thankful 
for my deliverance from my past. Amen. I'm so thankful. I said in first service, I, I was with Brother Braddy, our, our district superintendent, who retired this year, and, and uh, I got to play golf with him Friday, and uh, we're just talking, and uh, I share with him, he hadn't heard the story about Harold Johnson, uh, the pastor who came and laid hands on me at my ordination service. And uh, for me in 1981, the Assemblies of God used to have a statute that if you had been divorced, you couldn't be licensed with them. So I knew I was called of God, and I applied for my credentials. said, we're sorry, but, you know, there's many of us feel that this should be changed, but there's nothing we can do. So I just went on to serve God. Well, in April of 1982, as we were uh, in our first place of ministry there in Bernie, Harold Johnson came up from Live Oak, California. He's pastor in Live Oak, California, a great man of God. He did service there, and uh, on the Wednesday night of that week of that service, he called Sue and I out and began to prophesy over our lives and to me and said you know there's something in every person's life when we're serving God that's like a wall and you have to trust God to get you over it and he does that and he lays hands on me reach out lay hands on me the power of God hits me and I mean Sue and I are standing there together you know the Bible says and the two shall become one we're standing power of God laid hands on me and and so I begin to go down and my wife just lets go and lets me go that was before we knew you're supposed to have catchers and helpers and stuff. And, that's a, and so my help me just. And I said, you let me go. She said, you were going. I wasn't. Amen. But then they sent us a list when it came for ordination. And said a list of, of, of pastors that you could have pray for you. And I saw Harold Johnson's name on there. And I had not seen Harold Johnson since April of 1982. And so in the full cycle of things, God brought him back into our life. And he came up and he was the man, the man who had prophesied that there's a wall in God. So in the full cycle of everything God did, I mean, the whole thing was an amazing story of, uh, of what God did. But it's so powerful. And I shared that with Brother Braddy about how God worked in that and bring all that to pass. And that was that whole thing of our past just forgiven. Amen. And the hardest thing for you to do is to get away from your path and be able to give out of your present with God towards those in need. When you can learn to live by that, God can use you regardless of your path. Amen. There's areas that we repent of, we change. Are you with me? But then the Holy Spirit comes to bring that release from our path with its bondages and pain. And then in the present, He gives us that ability to live and to have wisdom for our current issues. And then He shows us this amazing future that God has for us. So what does He do? He leads us to true repentance. When we say yes to God for true repentance, the next thing that happens is that it leads us to true forgiveness. When you truly forgive, repent, you truly find forgiveness. Amen? Some people say, well, I, I'm sorry. Well, I said, well, sorry is not repenting. Sorry is remorse. Repentance is change. Amen? Repentance is changing. And then if I repent, then I'm truly forgiven, which brings true healing to my life, which brings me to true deliverance, which brings me to true cleansing, which brings me to true freedom. That's God's will for each and every one of our lives. Would you stand with me this morning?